Clayton. John Clayton. Hey, Mom, I'm done with my segment. This is the Coors Light Cold Hard Facts with John Clayton. Brought to you by Coors Light. Made to chill. Time to talk some football with the professor, John Clayton, as we do every day at this time. If you guys have questions for John, text him in 421-3776. That's 421-ESPN, and we will try to get to some of your questions before we let John go for the day. Hello, John. Hello, guys. Hey, uh, so I, I, I was watching the replay of this about 15 times. Bruce Arians kind of slapping his, his player's helmet, the back of his helmet. Mm-hmm. He's getting fined $50,000 for that? Yeah. That seems a bit excessive to me. I know things have changed and, you know, times have changed. And, you know, they, they used to grab you by the face mask and mm-hmm. whip you around and all that. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. It just seemed excessive. He didn't go up and wallop him, punch him with a closed fist. He kind of, like, tapped. I mean, they celebrate harder than that. Right. When somebody scores a touchdown, they beat the daylights out of him. I mean, this was, was kind of nothing. My guess is, and, I, and I, don't, I don't know this at all for a fact, and maybe I'm wrong on it, but more than likely, he's had a couple other finable things involving players and pushes or things mm-hmm. like that. And if that's going to be the case, anytime you have a coach – that does something like that, the fine is going to increase. Yeah. Did you see it, Dave? What did you? No. You know what? I'm I'm just looking at, looking it up right now. But it I is, think it is so minimal. I'm telling you, when a guy scores a touchdown or makes a great play, his coaches <laughs> and teammates hit him 50 times harder than that. I mean, it was yeah. it was really nothing, in my opinion. Yeah, but, but also too, I think that uh, yeah, what you do is if, if if indeed there is no past with that, which I think there is with uh, Bruce. Uh, and again, uh, he's he's a great coach. He gets along well with his players and all that stuff. But he, he does have a little bit of a temper. But also, I think so much of this goes to Urban Meyer, I mean, who kicked the kicker. Yeah. yeah so they're being extra sensitive about. Yeah, it. and they should okay. be. I mean, you got a players association, you got a union, yeah. and of course, I mean, if all of a sudden, if the uh, if the boss is slapping his employee, even if it's light, uh, and you know, you got Urban Meyer kicking the kicker, and I know that. Uh, Dave isn't upset about a kicker getting kicked, but again, <laughs> well, the, did you? I like his comments though, Dave. Yeah. I don't know if you saw these, John, as well. He said uh, he was asked on Monday whether he regretted making physical contact with the player, and his quote: "No, I've yeah. seen an, I've seen enough dumb. You can't pull guys off a pile. We just got a big play, great field position, and he's trying to pull a guy off of a pile, and I was trying to knock him off that guy so uh-huh. he didn't get a penalty." Yeah. Well. And I'm not sure when that occurred, but there was also um, a situation with Carlton Davis yeah. where he ripped his helmet off, <clears throat> his own helmet, and they got a fine or a penalty for that. So I thought uh, if I've we're going to break dumb. <laughs> yeah, I like that. And if we're going to break it down like a video breakdown, mm-hmm. I think the fact that he stumbled forward kind of <laughs> yeah. awkwardly, it looked like he was trying to hit him harder. But, yeah, I was been one of those guys that uh, – I had a coach grab my face mask and whip my head around. And, I, you know, I just always thought, like, old man, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. I'll whoop your tail, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. I I, I like that he uh, he sticks with it or whatever. But, yeah, 50000 I think you're right, John. I, I think it's because of Urban Meyer. Mm-hmm. I think it's uh, – he's the one. I think we just – we can just blame everything on Urban Meyer. We should. And Colin Coward. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Throw him in there. Yeah, so. my my. I haven't seen anything stupid from Colin in the last day or two, other than the one that he said that. Uh, yeah, he thinks that uh, the Bears' job is attractive because now you can trade Justin Fields. 
Uh, John, every time you rip Colin, there's some guy on Twitter that, that starts lighting me up about you. I'm like, go, go tweet John. I'm John's the one that said it. Yeah. Just, John said this today. I can't believe he said this. I was like, well, then tell John. Don't well, tell what, me. What do I say that's outrageous <laughs> and wrong? I don't. He's apparently a Colin Cowherd fan, and the uh-huh. fact that you say he says stupid things or what they take it's not stupid. To it. It's stupid. Mm-hmm. That's the way John says it. Hey, yeah. really quick before we get into it. Yeah. John, you should listen to our Mitch Haniger interview, man. We, If you go back on the podcast, and he, he, that guy is an amazing athlete just because of the way he is so thoughtful and, mm-hmm. you know, mentally and everything. But, uh, yeah, you know, and all that stuff that he went through in that training. Did you see that? No, I did he, not. He did this whole thing where he was hanging and had these a bag between his legs and was, you know, doing these different kind of sit-ups and everything. But, anyway. Mm-hmm. I just they got sports star of the year coming up here. He's yeah. one of uh, seven candidates. The other one, Tyler Lockett, and I'm not seeing, not sure if you've seen the the list of, of people, but uh, yeah, I, I could see where Mitch Haniger could win. But Tyler I'm, still, Lockett, I'm still I'm still waiting for my invite. Oh, you didn't get invited? Well, no. Normally, I do when they have it, and you're allowed to be there. I'm not sure what what. Is it virtual or in person this year? I'm not I don't, sure. That it I don't know. Yeah. Maybe it's maybe they're waiting. John, yeah, it's in May. Let's see. And again, one of the reasons I get invited is because I've won in in the Sports Star. You know, because remember, I got the Keith Jackson Award uh, at the Sports Star uh, a, year, a few years ago. Of course, we all remember that. Yeah, and so it's like, uh, yeah, so uh, yeah, just waiting to see if I get that invite. But with it being in May, and not, we're not knowing if it's virtual or going to be real. Uh, it's probably it's way too early because normally what I would get, I would get the invite you know like in January uh, for the post Super Bowl because uh, normally you would have it right after the Super Bowl the week after the Super Bowl so it's like uh, but then also you can understand too you know they've got the Olympics going on and everything yeah. else so yeah lots of stuff happening John's acceptance uh, speech was like uh, Ron Burgundy's you remember <laughs> the one that's on the hey turn the TV back on I'm not done talking. Yeah, <laughs> I'm joking, John. Mm-hmm. You did a good job. Um, yeah, what's uh, what's the the big news today, John? Uh, anything that you're working on or that piqued your well, interest? Well, it's not news yet, but I think uh, there's now the regrowing chance. After I thought it wouldn't happen, that Jim Harbaugh will end up getting the uh, Raider job. Oh, really? Yeah. Here, here's the reason. Now, again, today they're interviewing Rich Passaccio. Most people think that uh, that's not going to happen. They've already put in for other coach candidates to come in, uh, you know. So that uh, they're, they're trying to at least you know comply with the Rooney Rule and everything else. But there was a one little small thing. Now again, I thought the Harbaugh thing was done, you know, when he hired a defensive line coach last week. Well, now I don't know if you saw it, and you know the Bears right now are clueless, right? I mean, the Bears have 14 candidates for the GM job. 14. Okay, so one guy pulled his name out, and his name is Ed Dodd. Well, back at about 2000, I mean, years ago, when Harbaugh was quarterback coach for the Raiders, you know, Ed Dodd was with the Raiders. And so now you get the idea with Mike Mayock getting fired that maybe what ends up happening is that Harbaugh, you know, gets the job, gets all the money he wants. They get Ed Dodd as the GM. They get Vic Fangio as a defensive coordinator. That puts Gus Bradley in play for the Seahawks. And, uh, you know, that you can see that uh, all that can transpire. But, you know, now <clears throat> there seems to be strong inklings that Jim Harbaugh is going to get the job. Wow. 
I kind of wish he'd come back to the NFC West. It was a lot of fun. When yeah, he was yeah, it was. Oh, man, as much was I sports hated him, but it was fun. Well, uh, and, and then, sorry, Bob, but does that make then possibly Gus Bradley being in the mix? I just because, said that. I just said that. Oh, I'm sorry. I was I was looking something up. Yeah. So you know, but I mean, he's not on their their list of people to interview, though. Not yet. No. Because again, the, I think they're giving uh, Rich Bisaccio the respect that uh, you know he deserves. You know, for getting his interview, and that was today. So uh, now, now we'll find out. But no, I think that uh, Jim Harbaugh is definitely back in play. So who would be? Let's say Gus Bradley is yeah. available. They're speaking with Ed Donatel, uh-huh. uh, speaking with Desai from Chicago. They've got Clint Hurt. Who would be the favorite amongst that group, in your opinion? Well, I, I think you're seeing three things that could develop if uh, you know Gus Bradley is going to be available. Certainly, they can go the direction of having Bradley back as a defensive uh, coordinator. Okay, that's definitely the case. The second one is, you know, I, I did look back and saw that Ed Donatel does have a long history with Pete Carroll. I mean, it goes back to 83 when they coached together uh, at uh, University of Pacific. Then Donatel coached uh, for Pete Carroll when he was with the Jets. He was a defensive, I think, uh, secondary coach. Yes. So there exactly. is so there is a history between the two, and that makes a lot of sense, particularly, too, knowing that, you know, Dante has that Chicago connection, and, uh, you know, that, that could work with Clint Hurt. But now the third scenario would be, let's say that uh, they don't go Dante and they decide to go with Clint Hurt. Well, the idea being there is that, uh, you know, you get Desai to come over because he's worked with uh, Clint Hurt, and maybe Desai comes over, you know, to work with uh, Seattle and Donatel. But I think you can see three scenarios. One, you have Donatel. Two, you have Clint Hurt. And then three, Gus Bradley, if he becomes available. And do you think Clint Hurt is up for... Other consider is he considered league wide a defensive coordinator candidate? Probably not. Yeah, but he's certainly considered. I think to be. I don't know what you think, but I think he's the best defensive line coach in football. Well, I think he's a really good coach. Whether he's the best, I, I don't. Yeah, I mean, why, sure. Why, where does that come from, John? I mean, because the Seahawks are far from the best defensive line in football. So why why would you think he's the best coach? Well, I mean, uh, look at the young guys he's been working on and developing. I mean, has he done a good job with, uh, you know, uh, the defensive tackles, Brian Monet? Has he done a good job with the, uh, you know, uh, with Daryl Carter? I mean, he's done a, I mean, he's done a Darryl good job. Daryl Taylor. Or Daryl Taylor, yeah, but it's yeah. like uh, he's done a good job with a lot of these young guys. Yeah. Yeah, no, I don't, I don't disagree. Puna Ford? I mean, do you, th- yeah. who, do you think Puna Ford got helped by, uh, by him, Clint Hurt? Yeah, I, I don't. I'm not saying he's not a good coach. I'm just saying they are far from the best defensive line in the league. So in order for him to be the best defensive line coach, I'm just wondering where where your position is on that. So my position is is that uh, he was good before this year. They won 12 games with him the year before, and he, he's just a good coach. And I think right now I still consider him to be the best defensive line coach. Yeah, well, your point about developing players too, Brian Monet especially. He was yeah. an undrafted free agent, wasn't he? Yeah, look yeah. what he look what he got out of Al Woods. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like, uh, well. I mean, again, the defense was not good. That's why you know Ken Norton Jr. lost his job. Yeah, and, I mean, the the problems you know certainly didn't add up in with the defensive line for sacks and things like that. But how much was that because of the secondary? And a lot was because again, you know, the secondary. 
the guy who coaches a secondary, he was let go yesterday. And so, no, I think, uh, you know, in the end, I mean, Clint Hurts good. Yeah, the ball was coming out pretty fast yeah. <laughs> against our defensive backs. And, look, the numbers bear it out. They were dead, well, second to last, the last two years in pass yardage allowed. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that was definitely. But, again, how much, how much of that, you know, Certainly is because they, they gave up too many yards, but how much is that the fact that the offense hardly got any plays? Yeah. I mean, when you're getting 55 plays a game and your possession time's the worst in football, your defense is going to be on the field more, and the more you're on the field on defense, the more yards you're going to give up. Well, yeah, yeah John, but a lot of that was their doing. We, we, you and I can go round and round about this one, man, because they, you, you can go but look they, at they, op- they opening drives. They gave up nine-and-a-half-minute drives back-to-back weeks. They were, they were as much uh, a part of the problem as the offense <laughs> no. in terms of their time spent. Go look at their drive chart, John. It's right there. Nine, how do you give up almost an entire quarter to the opposition on the opening drive of the game and then say, well, it's the offense's fault? Mm-hmm. Offense was a problem. I'm not saying they weren't. They were absolutely part of it. But the defense was completely culpable in this. Yeah, but also it's like how many times do they lose the coin toss, get the ball to you know get the kickoff and all that stuff, and then next thing you know it's like uh, you know they're uh, you know they, they get a three and out. That happened yeah. a bunch. Yeah, yeah. The offense was not good, John. I'm not making that yeah. case at all. All I'm saying is the defense was a big part of their own problems in terms of time of possession. They, and they've they, answered that. They fired They fired Ken Norton Jr. Yeah. So is, as far as the, the Raiders go, though, uh, is Basaccia going to be a, a candidate for other head coaching jobs? No. All right. Because he's what? What, what was he's his a, position? Special teams guy. Special team guy, yeah. But, I mean, he's, he seems to have done a nice job in yeah. considering what, what they had to deal with, what they were going through. Mm-hmm. With, with Gruden and the you know rugs and that, all of that stuff, it just seems like he, did a, he, he earned he did, a little credibility around the league. He did an excellent job, and he also signed the uh, you know stayed in his room in the last game and signed little notes to everybody on the team. Yeah, wrote, well, wrote little notes. And maybe uh, yeah, it seemed like the players loved him. Yeah, um, and then maybe you know in the future. Now, all of a sudden, you know, maybe his name gets thrown mm-hmm. in, in the hat for head coach after. Because, I mean, to go right from there to head coach, I see it's kind of a stretch. But if he's coaching in the league, now all of a sudden his name is at, at least on people's list, right? Yeah, it can be, sure. That guy. I mean, again, but I think that, uh, you know, it's going to be hard for him to get a head coaching job, at least in the short term. And, again, it's like it's, it's getting later in the process right now, and because it's getting later in the process, it becomes difficult now, more difficult uh, to, to get something for this year. And so, no, he's, he's not in the mix. Yeah, and I, I was, I'm kind of coming to the conclusion. I like Bob's idea of bringing in a fresh set of eyes as far yeah. as the defensive coordinator goes. But, you know, Ed Donatel could be that guy. The other thing is he had some pretty good numbers in Denver last year. Great numbers. You know, he was top 10 in uh, in yards and passing yards, and that's been a struggle for the Seahawks. And then they're number three in, in uh, points allowed. So mm-hmm. it seems like he, he might be the front runner. When do you think they get this thing resolved? Mm, probably as soon as uh, they, they figure out if Gus Bradley is going to be available. Because, yeah. again, it's like you got Gus Bradley, you got Emmanuel, uh, Emmanuel you know, they got you know, a couple other guys that they're, they're talking to. But I would have to think that uh, once they find out about Bradley and then see if they can get him in the mix. 
John, it sounds like uh, the the questions concerning Mike McCarthy's future, for the most part, have been answered. Yes. Right? It, it looks like uh, Stephen Jones was on, uh, what was he, on 105.3 The Fan on Monday, and uh, he said, absolutely and very confident when asked whether McCarthy would return for his third season, and McCarthy, for his part, saying, you know, listen, I know how to win this league. We mm-hmm. had a very positive conversation, and the focus is, is on evaluation now. It sounds like everybody's certain he's coming back. Yes, 100%. Now the question is going to be how much is he going to lose on the coaching staff because you know clearly Dan Quinn is going to be leaving. You know he's on. I know he's with the Giants today, and the only reason that he hasn't been hired yet is because he's got four interviews scheduled this week. But see, I mean, you you get the feeling that Dan Quinn's going to go to Denver. Here's the reason I say that uh, Denver uh, picked up their efforts to try to get a, a coach. So they were in New England today. Uh, interviewing, and they're going to get their 10 interviews done by Sunday night, Sunday evening. And that being the case, they can start hiring on Monday, where you got the teams like, you know, Minnesota, Chicago, New York Giants. They still even hire, haven't even hired a general manager. Hmm. And so because of that, uh, that puts them in a position where it's like, okay, uh, they, that'll go way past Monday because you figure if you're going to hire the GM, you want him involved a little bit in the coaching search, you know, get him back for at least the second interviews with guys. And so, uh, you know, so I think that, you know, Dan Quinn could be hired as early as Monday with the Denver Broncos. Hey, John, Tom Brady says he doesn't get any special treatment on roughing the passer calls. Do you believe <laughs> Oh, jeez. No, I don't believe it. He's funny. Yeah, yeah, he is funny. <laughs> no, I, I, and what's amazing is that since he went to Tampa Bay, he is more open and he is more funny because he doesn't have Bill Belichick going down his neck saying, you can't say this, don't say that, all those different things. And he has been funny, but it's like, I mean, you know, let's put it this way. Name me, and you, and you probably can, name me another quarterback who complains to officials more than him. Aaron Rodgers. Uh, Aaron, uh, I, don't know. I think Tom uh, is the king. I no, think Tom, Tom Tom's the, the king. I mean, Tom's always you know yelling at officials and getting mad at officials and stuff like that. He's mm. professional about it. He doesn't do anything wrong. But once a call doesn't go his way, you know, he's always questioning the official. So it's mm. like, no, I go with Tom. I go. I agree with Bob. Yeah, I, I, I close second for me, John would have been Philip Rivers. He would complain yeah. a lot. Oh, absolutely, yeah. no doubt. But outside of that, I'm trying to think of who else we see, you know, with a crinkled up face, hand, palms up in the air, whining. Dan Moreno. I, yeah, but <laughs> back I just in the day. recently, I think, I think, John, I think it's, I think Brady's the king. Yeah. And I, w- I would have, I would have said that the, uh, I guess the prince would have been um, Philip Rivers. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, and, and I think, honestly, in the back of these uh, officials' minds, it, I, I think it affects them. Just like I think, uh, you know, being home in a way affects their decision-making a little bit. They'll say it doesn't. Yeah. But if you have a guy like Tom Brady who can't run, I feel like he's going to get it a lot more. Because remember the thing with Cam Newton, mm-hmm. you know, where Cam Newton would talk about he didn't get the calls. because and he's he a didn't. big, strong dude. But the other thing about Cam Newton is he would run over linebackers. Mm-hmm. You know, so if you're coming up to hit Cam Newton and he's running the ball in the open field, he might try to run you over. And I can tell you from experience that no linebacker wants to get run over by a quarterback. I can I can honestly say that has did not happen to me. I had one catch me when I uh, was returning a uh, an interception, but. I would never had anybody lower their head and as a quarterback, and I feel like that definitely goes against them. So I kind of see 
why there would be a little bit of bias there. And certainly it's like it's not like back in your day, you know, because, you know, back in the day when, you know, Bill Parcells and so many uh, different defensive coaches wanted 260-pound linebackers, that's not the case nowadays. Linebackers are lighter and they're yeah. faster. And yeah. so, like, when Cam Newton was in Carolina, I mean, here he was, 255 pounds, running over some 240-pound linebacker and destroying the guy. And, yeah. I mean, yeah. seriously. It's like, yeah. uh, I mean, that, that's, that's the one difference because if linebackers were 20 to 25 pounds lighter, and, it, it's, and believe me, if, uh, you know, Cam were any good now, which he isn't, I mean, it would be even worse because you're taking safeties and putting him at linebacker. And so now, you know, those guys are in the 220s at the highest. Does Cam have a job next year? Uh, only as a backup. I don't but, see him. But you think he will get – he'll he'll be on a roster somewhere? I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't doubt it. I mean, not, I don't think anybody's too excited about bringing him in. But, again, I wouldn't rule him out because we'll see all the quarterbacks who are available and who get jobs. How many times did he throw for 400 yards, Cam Newton? Zero? Well, I think we did. We did in his career or last year. <laughs> no, we were just talking about our the defense last year, yeah. John. In twenty twenty, it was not four hundred. It was three ninety seven. Oh, okay. four yeah. Against the Seahawks defense, but mm-hmm. was that his best game of the year? Yeah, yeah that was his oh. last. That was his last <laughs> really good game. Yeah. Jeez, yeah. that tells you something about the defense. All right, John. We appreciate it. We'll talk tomorrow. All right, sounds good. There you go. If you missed any of today's cold hard facts, brought to you by Coors Light, made to chill. Download the podcast at seven ten sports. Dot com. Did you did you get a look at that uh, that video of Bruce Arians, Dave? Yeah, I did. Would you? I, I agree that he did stumble. He was clumsy towards yeah. him, but I mean, you see him coaches come up and just chuck a guy in the chest after a great play, or smack him in the side of the helmet. And I, oh yeah. I yeah. mean, so the idea that he was doing damage or anything, I don't know if that's that's obviously not the, why they find him, but I, I thought it was a massive overreaction, and and maybe there was something that was that we're not privy to that was there in the past. But I, I do like his sort of defiant, you know, do you regret it? No, I've seen enough dumb. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I would say this. First of all, that's a really bad look these days, a really bad look. So I think that's part of it, the appearance uh, yeah. of it. If they did that to you in your day, you got off light, right? Yeah. But the the thing that I would do if I'm that player, I can't remember his name, Adams, Mm-hmm. I would come out and go, no, no way, no way, NFL. I'd get on the media, I'd you know get a camera, whatever, and say, you know, stick up for your coach and just say yeah. that's absolutely ridiculous. I barely felt it, he, you know. He can't whoop my tail, you know. Just joke about it, everything, but yeah, you know, make it because I think most people are thinking, oh, geez, this is a guy, and and I agree with John that Urban Meyer screwed it up for everybody. Yeah, he did. By kicking his <laughs> screwed kid. up, Screwed up the coach's ability to discipline their players physically. Yeah. Uh, all right, coming up, uh, two Seahawks newcomers are next on our overachiever, underachiever list. That's coming up next with Wyman and Bob on 710 ESPN Seattle.